Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to begin with, to look with us in the Word of God. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 112, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. The righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Father, we thank you once again for the privilege, the honor, the opportunity, the blessing that is ours of being able to come to you in prayer every single day. Thank you for the privilege and the blessing that is ours as we open your word and spend time one-on-one with you every day in the word. And thank you for the opportunity to be both hearers and doers of your word. Anoint us afresh with the spirit of grace that would cause us to have a growing hunger for your word and your spirit and just Being able to live a life for your glory empowers to be believers that love you and fall more in love with you and with your word with every passing day. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. And as always, it's an honor to have you to be a part of our listening family. Real briefly, this time I'm just going to share a portion of an article that we share, that we've shared before, but a reminder of the high priority that God calls us to in the work of doing the work of making disciples and specifically the work of discipling our children. The title of the article, and simply email us if you'd like to get a copy. And again, we're only sharing a portion of it, but the title of the article is Children Who Read the Word of God. Psalm 118 verse 105 tells us, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 13, Until I come... Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. And then Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And then finally, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Again, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 9. 
Many parents have never made it a point to encourage their children to read the Word of God out loud every day. It's simply too often, sadly, not been the priority that it should be. Christians parent, Christian parents often take their children to Sunday school and church, and that's a great thing. But sadly, having their children to read the Word of God out loud to them every day, along with church attendance, has just not been as important to many parents as it should be. Allow me to make the case for why it would be wise to change this reality. Consider this important question and the answers to it. What happens when a child reads the Word of God? What takes place in the heart and the life of a young person who is faithfully reading the Word of God every single day? That child is spending time with Jesus. He or she is spending time interacting with Jesus as they take time to read His Word. The child is spending time listening to the wisdom, grace, power, and insight of the Creator of the universe. See John 1.1, John 6.63, and Romans 12.1 and 2. What more productive activity could your child possibly be doing every day? That young person is receiving the most powerful, life-changing, uplifting insight in all of the universe. The transforming power of the Word of God is working on the mind and the heart of this young person. The Word of God is impacting this youth in many very fruitful ways. Romans 12, 1 and 2, and Proverbs chapters 1 and 2. This young person is spending time in the presence of Christ and God as they read the Word. And when any person spends time in the presence of God, he or she will not be the same person on the other side of that time. John 1, 1. Researchers at the Center for Bible Engagement found some interesting insights about the importance of and place of reading Scripture in the life of a believer. According to their research, the life of someone who engages and spends time in Scripture for four or more times a week looks radically different from the life of someone who does not. They discovered that the lives of believers who do not engage the Bible most of the days of the week, three days or less, are statistically the same as the lives of unbelievers. Spending time reading and meditating on Scripture daily is much more important than so many believers grasp. And for time reasons, we're only sharing a portion of the article. But if you'd like to get a copy of the article, again, the title is Children Who Read the Word of God. Just email us, joseph at afr.net, and we'll be glad to get the article to you. We're blessed and honored to have with us in studio today the Butler family. Uh, Mr. and Ms. Butler are with us and their children Brenna and Bowden, and Brenna and Bowden are going to read Scripture for us. But before they do, Mr. and Ms. Butler, they're going to step at the microphone, and they're going to pray for not only their children, but for children in, in the world period, that they would grow in their understanding of the importance of reading the Bible every single day. All right. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for... Uh, for just giving us your your word, your Lord, just for um, and giving us these beautiful children that we have, Lord, I thank you for uh, for Benna and Bowden, and I thank you that uh, that you have given us uh, them their lives for us to shape, dear Lord. And I pray that you will help us as adults, help um, them to realize the importance of loving you, dear Lord, and spending time with you, and so that we can uh, shape them to be um, the Christians that you would have them to be, the believers that you would want them to be. Lord, I thank you for uh, your word, dear Lord. I thank you for um, the words that you give to us that we should be looking to or to every day, dear Lord. And I just pray that you'll be with the children and around the world, dear Lord, as we spread your word, dear Lord, and uh, as the word is given to us to give to them. Lord, I pray that you will help us to encourage them to, uh, to read your word, dear Lord, and uh, to read it every day, dear Lord, to spend time with you so they can make their lives more fruitful for you, um, 
So, Lord, so to serve you in the best way that they can, dear Lord, to be more like you. In Jesus' name. Father God, we just come to you today praising you for being such a good, good father. And Lord, we just want to be more like you. We want to raise our children to just know you. And what better way to know you than to spend time with you each and every day? Our children spend so much time with us as their physical parents every day, getting to know us and hearing our words and sharing their words. And Lord, I just pray that they would want to have that same intimacy with you that they have with their physical parents, Lord, that they would want to open your word every single day and know another nuance or a characteristic of you and to be comforted by you and to be um, encouraged by you, to just laugh with you, enjoy you, just like they do with their parents here on earth. So God, I just praise you that we can just know you by being and spending time with you. There's no better way than just to open your word each and every day, even if it's a short time, Lord. Just every day, the practice uh, sets a habit in our own lives. It sets a habit in our children's lives to look forward to just spending time with you and to, to knowing you. And then on the days when we don't do it, to miss you and to long to um, be in connection with you through the word. So, Lord, I just thank you for the privilege of being able to have uh, multiple copies, Lord, of your word. And I pray that those who don't, Lord, that you would put copies of your word into their hands, that you would uh, send it via technology, email, online, Lord, paper copies, any copy that you can get into the hands of children around the world, Lord. I pray for that today. I just pray that uh, they would have the opportunity to to read it, to hear it read to them, to read it themselves, and just to be nourished by it. God, you are so good, and I just praise you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Butler. And at this time, uh, Brenna is going to read Scripture 4. She's going to read Psalm 19. Brenna, go right ahead. Okay. Psalm 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night... They make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like an eager athlete, eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all these sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Do not let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, let's pray. Thank you, God, for this wonderful day. And, um... I just pray that um, 
that we'll have a great day. And um, I thank you for your word, your word, and it helps to guide us. And I wanted to thank you for this passage. It shows us your beautiful creation. And um, I just pray for all the listeners out there that Jesus is willing and ready to help you. you just um, He's ready to help you. And uh, thank you again for this day. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brenna. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And Brenna, you, tell me again how old you are. I'm 15. You're 15. All right. You're an excellent reader. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Father, we again thank you once again for the privilege of having Brenna and Bowden in studio with us to read today. And thank you, Lord, for the fact that you allow us the privilege, the blessing, the opportunity to open your word every day. And you spend time one-on-one with us every single day. We thank you and praise you for this privilege. Help us all to grow an understanding of the great high priority of getting into your word every single day. Help us to know, Lord, that again, you'll spend as much time with us in your word as we'll spend with you. And help us to be mindful, Lord, that you're much, much busier than we are, but yet you will make the time to spend with us one-on-one. And the fact that you can do it because you're God and you you can give more time and energy and attention to a million people at once than we can with one single person. But of course, that's because you're God. But thank you, Lord, for the fact that you will make time to spend with us one-on-one in your word and in prayer as we simply make it the priority you've called us to. Lord, more and more, help us to be diligent students who hear your word and obey your word, live it every single day. And we thank you for these young people here in the studio and all of your children all over the world. Flood them with grace and mercy and more ministry that would encourage them to seek Jesus, to seek your word, to seek to spend time in your presence and your word. And Lord, help us as parents to make it the high priority of encouraging our children to get into your word every single day that you want us to do. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back.
Music from the Walls Group with All Praise Goes to You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Uh, we're privileged to have with us for a portion of the broadcast the Butler family with us. Mr. and Ms. Butler have prayed for us earlier, and we heard uh, Brenna as she shared Psalm 19. And now we're going to hear from Bowden Butler, and Bowden is going to share for us. He's going to read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 12. Go right ahead, Bowden. Faith shows reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people of the old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely ask him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner, living in tents. And so did Isaac Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham, who was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and sands on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All right. Excellent. You're an excellent reader as well, Bowden. Thank you for sharing that passage. And that was Hebrews 11, 1 to 12. And you were going to say a word of prayer at this time. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you could give us the opportunity to read scripture today And I pray that the people that are hearing this will use the word that we are speaking to help them come to you and love you, Lord. Amen. 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 Bowden, thank you so much for being with us today. And Brianna, thank you for coming as well. All right. All righty. And again, what an honor and a privilege to have Brenna and Bowden Butler with us who are reading the scripture for us. Amen. And we pick up now, moving forward, uh, with reading through the Word of God here in the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, 
and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge the I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, Here I am. And he said, What is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Verses 1 through 21, all of 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 4. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped besides and, and encamped beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines encamped in Aphek. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men of the army in the field. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli 
Hopney and Phineas were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What does the sound of the great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the Ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Woe to us, who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter, and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. Also the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, died. Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line the same day and came and came to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. Now when he came, there was Eli sitting on a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. When Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he said, what does the sound of this tumult mean? And the man came quickly and told him. Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. Then the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle, and I fled today from the battle line. And he said, What happened, my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also your two sons, Hopni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. Then it happened, when he made, when he made mention of the ark of God, that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died. For the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel forty years. Now his daughter-in-law, Phineas's wife, was with child, due to be delivered. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth, for her labor pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the women who stood by her said to her, Do not fear, for you have, been, for you have born a son. But she did not answer, nor did she regard it. So she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel, because the ark of God had been captured, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. 1 Samuel chapter 5. Then, then the Philistines took the ark of God and brought, it, and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines, excuse me, when the Philistines took the ark of God, 
they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it on its place again. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. Therefore neither the priests of Dagon nor any who come to Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how it was, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh toward us and Dagon our God. Therefore they sent and gathered to themselves all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried away to Gath. So they carried the ark of the God of Israel away. So it was after they had carried it away that the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and tumors broke out on them. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Ekron. So it was as the ark of God came to Ekron that the Ekronites cried out, saying, They have brought the ark of the God of Israel to us to kill us and our people. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it go back to its own place so that it does not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of God was very heavy there. And the men who did not and the men who did not die were stricken with tumors and the cry of the city went up to heaven. 1 Samuel chapter 6. Now the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. If you don't have the habit of reading three chapters in your Bible every day, today is a great day to start that very productive habit. Parents, we'd encourage you to have each of your children read three chapters out loud to you daily. That'll bless them tremendously as well. We'll be right back. Houston, you can say it one time with us. 
The music of Fred Hammond with You Are the Living Word. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the New Testament, the book of Acts, Acts chapter uh, 25, beginning at verse 1. Now when Festus had come to the province, after three days he went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they petitioned him, asking a favor against him that he would summon him to Jerusalem while they lay in ambush along the road to kill him. But Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea and that he himself was going there shortly. Therefore he said, Let those who have authority among you go down with me and accuse this man to see if there is any fault in him. And when he had remained among them more than ten days, he went down to Caesarea. And the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, he commanded Paul to be brought. When he had come, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. While he answered for himself, neither against the law of the Jews nor against the temple, nor against Caesarea have I, offered, have I offended in anything at all. But Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me concerning these things? So Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I've done no wrong, as you very well know. For I am an offender, for I am an offender or have committed, excuse me, for if I am an offender or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying. But if there's nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no one can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar? To Caesar you shall go. And after some days, King Agrippa and Bernice, and Bernice came to Caesarea to greet Festus. When they had been there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a certain man left a prisoner by Felix, about whom the chief priests and the elders of the Jews informed me when I was in Jerusalem, asking for judgment against him. To them I answered, It is not the custom of the Romans to deliver any man to destruction before the accused meets the accusers face to face and has opportunity to answer for himself concerning the charge against him. Therefore, when they had come together without any delay, the next day I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought in. When the accusers stood up, they brought no accusation against him of such things as I supposed, but had some questions against him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who had died, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. And because I was uncertain of such questions, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there be judged concerning these matters. But when Paul appealed to be reserved, 
for the decision of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept till I could, till I could send him to, to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. So the next day, when Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city, at Festus's command, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me, both at Jerusalem and here, crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. But when I found that he had committed nothing deserving of death and that he himself had appealed to, had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him. Therefore, I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. Acts chapter 26. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. You are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews, especially because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They, they knew me from the first if they were willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our 12 tribes earnestly serving God night and day hope to attain. For this hope's, for this hope's sakes, excuse me, for this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saint and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, 
I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the nobles, excuse me, those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But he said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus, but speaking the words of truth and reason. For the, king, for the king, before whom I also speak freely, knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both might become both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. When he had said these things, the king stood up as well as the governor and Bernice and those who sat with him. And when they had gone aside, they talked among themselves saying, this man is doing nothing deserving of death or chains. Then Agrippa said to Festus, this man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Acts chapter 27. And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul, excuse me, and when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of Adramidium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coasts of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. And the next day we landed at Sidon. And Julius treated Paul kindly 
and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. When he had put him, when he had put to sea from there, we sailed along the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. Verses 1 through 6, Acts chapter 27. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, uh, we want to invite any listener that has never committed their life to Christ to make that all-important and eternally important decision. If you know that you're not saved or you don't know where you stand with the Lord, if you'd like to make that decision to fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord and be saved, I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer from your heart with me even now. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all our sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to connect with you and share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please definitely email us. And we want to share that literature and those resources to help you to begin to grow strong as a disciple and a new follower of Christ. Again, we hope to hear from you once again at email, joseph at afr.net. As always, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. And if you're wanting any of the resources or articles that we ever share, we're glad to share them once again. Same email. Simply email us and request them, joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.